I'm so excited to continue our series on great faith. You've been blessed by this series. It's been an incredible series um, and uh, excited to continue it. I believe today is going to be kind of like a part two of last week. Pastor Jabin talked about the faith of Abraham and how Abraham is the father of our faith. And you'll read in Romans 4 that, uh, you know, uh, that, that Abraham, uh, you know, by faith was justified. He, you know, you learn about his life. And so then we're going to find ourselves today in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, uh, and let's read the Bible together. Um, that doesn't mean you don't have to repeat this after me. It's okay. I don't want to confuse you. Um, it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces uh, endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Everybody say amen. amen. Second portion of scripture I want to read is uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Uh, it says, three things will last forever, faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love three things will last forever faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love the title of today's sermon if you're looking at your bible app or if you're looking at the screens is forever faith forever faith say forever, forever. Faith. faith let's pray god i just thank you for the word god i thank you that uh we we are uh, gathered here to hear from you and god that you would use me to speak your word boldly with with clarity and I pray that supernatural revelation would come upon your people uh, in these next few moments we have together. We say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said a big amen. Amen, amen and amen. Um, anybody love Jesus today in the house? Anybody love Jesus uh, online? Anybody love Jesus out in the overflow? I hear you. I hear you. There you go. Let's go. Awesome. We love it. We got a church that loves Jesus. But I want to do a quick survey um, uh, before we move on. Um, by a show of hands, and you can keep your hand up as I do this survey. And uh, if, if you've been following Jesus for at least six months, go ahead and raise your hand. Raise your hands. At least six months. Incredible. The church, the gathering of the saints. If you've been following Jesus for more than one year, keep your hand raised. Let's go, people. Pandemic saints, let's go. Uh, if you've been following Jesus for over five years, keep your hands raised. If you've been following Jesus for 10 years, keep your hands raised. If you've been following Jesus for more than 20 years, keep your hands raised. Praise God. Yeah, let's give it up for all the saints in the house. You guys can leave. You don't need this word. You also don't need a tithe. God bless. No, but I've been following Jesus for about 10 years, and uh, this, this season usually marks uh, kind of the time I gave my life to Jesus, and it was, it was in the, the, the holiday season of 2011, and, um, you know, and I, I just, I jumped in. I got all, I just jumped all in. I was like, this, this is the best thing for me. I'm just going to stay here and in it for sure. Got blessed, got a wife, got a life, yeah. you know. But if I were to be honest with you, um, being, you know, planted in the house of God, uh, just an observation that I've been able to make is that m many, of, many people just come and go. 
And I don't mean like just like Sunday attendance. I mean like truly just like many people just walk away from the faith. And so you'll find that like as I was asking those questions, hands kind of went down. And I know we're a young church and that's one dynamic. So that's dirty data. You don't have to like. Anyway. No, but the reality is, it's, is, is it gets more narrow at the, as, as time goes on. Um, but I believe this tension that we are to manage as believers and followers of Jesus is that we are to, you know, put our faith into motion for now. You know, Hebrews says, now faith is the substance. But yet we read in Corinthians that this lasts forever, faith, hope, and love. So, so there's this dynamic or this tension that although we have this faith for the now, we should be in this forever. That, that there, is, like, there maybe is this eternal deposit when we put our faith in God. And I want to encourage you and remind you, as we read in Romans 5, that when we put our faith in God, immediately we get peace with God. When we put our faith in Jesus, immediately we have access to God. And what I love about the translation of this word access is it actually means uh, entrance to the king through the favor of another. This is because Jesus died on a cross, come on, and, and rose again on the third day. The Bible says the veil has been torn. I'm here to encourage you, there is no process to get to God. There's no algorithm, secret algorithm to get to God that you have access today. I want to make that clear. You have peace today with God. Amen. Amen. But I love this about Paul's writings. And, you, you know, sometimes I try to, like, put myself in his position. And, and, and literally, almost in the same breath, he would say that. Woo! We have peace with God. Woo! We have uh, access with God, to God. Woo! And in the same breath, not only that. No, 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 it's chill, 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 chill. Don't, don't, don't clap yet. Not only that. I almost titled this sermon, uh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Many of us stop there. I got my peace. I got my access. All right, I'm out. But Paul is saying there's so much more to our faith. And I would even say this is, this, this is an, uh, an, uh, he's showing us what it means to have this forever faith here when he lists these things out. And so I want to encourage you. Uh, with, with that first reality that when we put our faith in Jesus, you, got, you have immediate peace with God and you have access. But how do we know we have forever faith? How do we know we have this great faith that we've been preaching? How do we know? Uh, I believe Paul tells us uh, here three different things. And so if you're taking notes, uh, we encourage you to take notes in church. Um, uh, number one is that it's shared. How do I know I have forever faith? I, sh- I, I share my faith. And I don't mean that this isn't like go on the strip, share your faith type thing. No, I mean the community of faith. It's shared. And as we read this scripture, literally in five verses, uh, we see Paul use words like us, we, and our. Twelve times, a dozen times does Paul use inclusive language when he's talking about uh, us being justified by faith. And I want to encourage you, and I know many of us maybe have our like, own personal devotional time, and that's, you know, it's super awesome. I got my Devo time in the morning, you know, or, or you know, whatever you call it. Um, but oftentimes we'll read scriptures like that, and we take it for ourselves. And you're, you have permission to do that. You know, we're justified by faith. Thank you, Lord. I'm justified by faith. <laughs> but when we read scriptures and you see the word we, it's because Paul's writing to a church. Yeah. So contextually, we accept that as the church. You know, we are, we are saved by grace through faith. We are justified by faith. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. But we hear that, and oftentimes we internalize it, and we make it personal, or we personalize it, and we, we come up with this concept of, like, my Jesus. You know, this is my Jesus. And honestly, that's how religion is birthed. Birth, uh, religion is birthed birth when you define the relationship with Jesus. And he's God. 
And this is the, we believe that the, the scriptures is written by, uh, by man, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so God's telling us that we are justified by faith and that we are to put our faith, uh, 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 to experience our faith inside of the church, inside of the local church, that your faith is designed uh, to not be isolated. Uh, faith cannot live in isolation. Faith needs an environment. Faith, faith needs a place and a space where it can grow and thrive. Just a quick observation. I have never seen a thriving, disconnected follower of Jesus. You know, I love the Lord. Where are you playing it? Where are you plugged in? Oh, yeah, right now, you know, just love, you know, just my Bible. Just my Jesus. Nah, friend. We got to be planted in the house of God. If I, if, or faith without, can't live in isolation. Or, or your faith will get weaker. And I've just seen this in my own life. Um, but the Bible talks about faith being a, like a seed, a mustard seed. Faith is a seed. And seed requires soil. And how, how many times do we try, we try to look at an outcome of just seed, like growth, growth, growth. No, your seed needs some soil. And so we got to get connected. Our faith is to be experienced inside of the church our faith is supposed to be exercised inside of the church. And let me kind of make this more practical. You know, uh, you know it's kind of hard to trust God uh, with your life outside of the church. That's like the big one. But it's also hard to trust God financially, financially outside of the church. You know, I'm just trusting God with my finances. Oh, dang, dude, sick, sick. tither, offering, giver. No, man, I just like I, I, every time I see a person, I feel like, you know, I just give them money. That's not how you trust God financially. The way you trust God financially is through the tithe. Can I, can I pastor for a second? And, it, you know, it, maybe it's another area of your life. Maybe it's your marriage. How do you, you know, how, how, how does the church help my marriage? I love that in Ephesians 5, Paul would, would actually say that uh, husbands love your wife, come on, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That literally we can find, uh, we can find breakthrough in every area of our life through the local church. And, and, and this is so important to know because I think sometimes we actually stop uh, and we get comfortable. But uh, Pastor Jabin once said this, and I'm going to steal it for right now. He says, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. R-I-S-K. I have a question for you today. Where inside of this house are you risking your faith? Have you gotten comfortable? Have, has the seat gotten nice and warm? And, and you, got, you got your word for the week, and like you're off to the races? I'm here to tell you that being planted, that your faith requires an environment. And, and, and Sunday services are incredible. But what's even more incredible is when you do what we value, and we value this, that you just jump and you go all in. Yeah. And so I know there's some people here that actually understand the tithe. You understand it. Omar, I get financially. I've been, I mean, I learned that from you know, when I was younger, when I first got saved. Awesome. But when's the last time you actually used your muscle to help the kingdom of God? When's the last time you lifted something inside of God's house? There's something... When you, when you tangibly do something in God's house, yeah. it's incredible what God can do. Other people, I would say you got the serving down. You know, I got it all figured out. I can serve. Like, I mean, I come here and I set up. But have you trusted God financially? Yeah. And I don't mean, you know, I know it's, it, it, no, I mean, I, there's no, no apology for that. There's just no other way to trust God than through the church. And then outside, what comes from that is when you see God do a work. Jesus said he's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so I want to be a part of what God's building. I want to be a part of what, what, what Jesus is building. Come on, are you grateful for City Light Church? Man, I love my church. Love it. So when your faith is connected, it gets strengthened. But when faith is all by itself, 
it gets weaker. So the community of faith is a sure teller that you have forever faith. Repeat after me. Say forever faith. Number two, number two, we, de- we decide our season. We decide our season. Um, this is something you get to do. This is a privilege you have when you put your faith in Christ, that you get to decide your season. Um, you know, John uh, 16, 33, you know, we, we will we'll oftentimes, uh, you know, uh, encourage you to get a word from God, get a promise from, from God for your season or for the thing that you're trying to do. Don't move without a word. You know, we, we preach these things. But this is a funny promise from Jesus. I think it's the most discouraging promise, actually. This is red letter text. So this is, Jesus actually said this. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Amen. In this world you will have trouble. How about that for a promise from God? <laughs> Omar, I got my promise. I'm gonna, it's it's, it's going to be hard. But Jesus doesn't promise us a problem-free life, but he promises he'd be with us. He says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Anybody grateful that you don't have to go through your seasons of struggle all by yourself? For he is with you, Emmanuel. Emmanuel? No, just kidding. So Paul would say, rejoice, knowing that suffering produces. And you know why we rejoice? We rejoice when, when, when times get hard because we know that God did not cause this hard time. We rejoice because we know that this trial that I'm facing wasn't caused by God. And can I tell you, God doesn't have to cause a circumstance for you to connect the circumstance. That you can be literally in mess. God, I need you right now. I will get you through to the other side. Come on, clap your hands if you believe it. Amen. Bible says, cast your cares unto him for he cares for you. Literally, what you care about, it's big enough for you to pray about. And it could be a small care, but you can connect it to God. And I don't want to confuse this as like God's going to bless your, your, uh, your toxic relationship. God, bless my, my, my relationship. No. God, I invite you to this relationship, and maybe he'll give you some clarity in whether you should be there or not. I can back up a little bit. Maybe somebody at your church can tell you a little bit of some, some too. Like get some wisdom on your relationship. All right, I don't know who was that before. Somebody else for somebody. But, but Paul tells us that suffering is not a point. Now, suffering, you, your momentary trial isn't a place, uh, a means to an end. Rather, it's a moment in life where you get to choose if you're going to grow or give up. You know how you know you got forever faith? By what my trials do in me versus what my trials do to me. I'm way more concerned with what God's doing in me. For he is greater that is in me than he that's in the world. Come on, I'm grateful for the work of God inside of me despite the circumstance I may be facing. So what this season is going to produce is your choice. You get to determine what season you are in. You get to decide. You choose uh, for this season to do a work in you, or you choose for this season to take you out. So by faith, we declare our season. And, you know, we don't ask you to do anything that we don't do ourselves. We don't, we don't just preach this. We live this. You know, every year, Pastor Jabin will reveal the word of the year and what he feels that this is our word for our house, for our community. We are to share in this word. Amen. Amen. But this year was the year of victory. We declared in faith that, faith that this is a year of victory. Omar, we're in a global pandemic. Like, it is crazy right now. People are losing from every side. Nope, we believe and we declare that it is a year of victory. Can anyone attest that even with two months left in 2021, I'm experiencing victory in Christ? Amen. Come on, Overflow. I know you believe that. Let go. So I want to encourage you to do this for your family. 
I want to encourage you to do this for this season. Man, this season is hard, but I believe this is a season of growth for me. I'm going to declare this a season of growth. Man, this is difficult. I'm going to declare this season a, a, a season to just trust God. I'm going to come out off of this, and I'm going to know because I trusted God in it, he's going to get me through it. Amen? So then he said, Paul says that, it, you know, suffering that leads to a perseverance or an endurance. I want to tell you that you are to last. I know everyone here right now, you don't, you don't, you don't want to walk away from God. You're literally sitting in, you're in, in God's house, and you're, in, you're literally in overflow right now. And you, you, I know you don't want to walk away from God, but the reality is, 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 is some of us will because of life. And I would, I, let, me go, let me back up just a tad bit. You know, here in our Western side of uh, culture, it's not really suffering and persecution. It's, we're not experiencing death for being a Christian, which many times when we read that in Scripture, that's exactly what they're talking about. I would say on our end, it's, it, it might just be outside forces. It might just be the oppression of the enemy, you trying to do a thing for God, and you just feel like there's a little bit of pushback. But, but that, that's one aspect of it. But here, you know, Western Christianity, uh, another aspect to it might just be change. I see, I see Americans leave the church because of change. Got a new job. You know, the, the no longer works anymore. The church no longer. It was cool for that season. Where's the forever faith, bro? You know, this new relationship that I got now, it's, kinda, it's making it harder. You know, they don't really like going to church. So, I, you know, we're just going to stay home. Skirt, skirt. Red flags, emoji red flags. Um, but this endurance and this perseverance, Jesus would say that, like, when you, when you uh, proclaim my name, you will be persecuted. But this, the same uh, translation of this word that Paul uses, perseverance, is the same that Jesus would say in Luke 21, 19, where he says, uh, stand firm and you will win life. That's just, that's a good scripture. Stand firm and you will win life. And I know oftentimes we can think about this word perseverance or endurance, and, and it means like, it, I mean, our, our interpretation of that might be just like, Clench your fist, fist, grit your teeth, and just ah, hold firm. That's not what that's not what this Jesus is saying here. Actually, the, the word actually means to be uh, gentle and tolerable at the same time. So it's not this like manly, strong endurance and perseverance. No, rather it's actually creating a gentleness in me, and that I'm able to withstand. You know, like I, I love seeing uh, people who have following, been following Jesus for years and decades. Because you see that, like, they're just, like, they're just here. And it's because they've gotten more tolerable, and they've gotten a little bit more gentle. It sounds like Jesus. Jesus, even in the midst of all the craziness, he would still tolerate the religious and tolerate those things. But he would also be gentle to those. And there's something to know about the characteristics. As Paul would say, this produces also character. And that we aren't to get bitter because of something bad happening. But rather, we can grow in gentleness and tolerance. Amen. So we don't allow our sufferings to separate us from God. Rather, sufferings actually secure us in God. Jesus said, stand firm and you will win life. More life, as Drake would say. You believe that today. Number three, number three, hope unashamedly. Hope unashamedly. Paul would say that this, 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 this uh, suffering would produce perseverance, perseverance would produce character, and character will produce this hope. And this hope does not put us to shame. This hope does not put us to shame. Um, I have a three-year-old, her name is Ruby, and she, or she actually turns three this Thursday, so turn up. It's about to, People said terrible twos, it was pretty great. 
And so we're pretty, we're, it's going to be pretty great threes. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, I love, I love raising Ruby. I, I love being able to raise her, um, you know, the way I believe I'm to raise my daughter as, as, a, as a follower of Jesus and someone led by the Holy Spirit. And it's been incredible to see that literally, if you actually, if you ask Ruby to like pray for you in a specific area, she will like put her hand and she'll just go, Amen. Thank you, Ruby. It's honestly the cutest thing. Uh, we're also teaching her to have some manners. Um, and, you know, we're, we're teaching her not to hit her parents. <laughs> it's so funny. She's like in this season where when she gets hurt, you must hurt with her. So she'll get up and be like. <laughs> and I didn't even call them. I'm like, whoa, Ruby, chill, girl. But if there's something I didn't have to teach Ruby how to do is I didn't have to teach Ruby how to hope. I believe God gave us this ability to hope without having to learn it. It's in you, this ability to hope. You know, uh, there's no other uh, living organism or, or animal or living thing in the planet that, gets the, that has the right to hope. Or they just can't. I have a, I have a dog. He's a poodle. He's getting old. Uh, this morning, actually, my car just went. No, I'm just kidding. I, that was a joke. I had it in my head. Didn't work out. Moat. But my dog, Rebel, uh, Every time we come home, he goes wild, and it's because he doesn't think we're ever going to come back. He has no ability to, to hope. We're actually going to Disneyland tomorrow for Ruby's birthday, and she's already talking about all the things she's doing. I'm going to meet Elsa and Anna and Mickey and Minnie. We're gonna, oh, we're going to eat with Goofy's Kitchen. You know, like, she's, she's hoping. And, and it's so funny that, like, as we get older, we tend to hope less. And if I could be honest... The, the reason why you may have uh, lost some hope or the ability to hope is because you've gotten discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. The world, you know, you've gotten your hopes up, but then it didn't pan out the way that you hoped it would. Didn't, didn't happen as I hoped. And, you know, but we read in Corinthians that this hope is a forever hope. Yeah. So why, why, why does it dwindle and die? You know, we've grown up to see uh, hope as an eternal deposit, uh, or we don't see but we see hope as an opportunity of disappointment. Like, I don't want to hope again, Omar, because it's only going to lead to disappointment. Well, th th this isn't the hope then that, that, that we find in Scripture. Because we find that when we put our faith in God, we have this hope that doesn't lead to shame. Hope is not an opportunity for disappointment. It's an opportunity to trust God again. How great is that, that every time something happens, I have the ability to hope, uh, to, to hope and trust God that he can do something again. And even if it didn't pan out, I, I would say another reason we may have lost hope, it might be because of embarrassment. You get a little, you know, like you tell everybody you're going to start this new business or you, you, you tell people that you're going to do this thing. And then it doesn't pan out the way it was. And, and now you now now the fear of man kind of settles and and now you feel embarrassed. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm actually just I'm, I'm not going to hope anymore. I'm just. I can just keep things to myself from now on, and, and now I can pull away from the community of faith because, you know, I, I, I just, I'm tired of, of actually just putting it out there and being confident in the things of God. I, I'm just not going to hope anymore. I'm discouraged. I'm embarrassed. I'm here to tell you that hope doesn't put us to shame. Come on. Amen. As the keys come up and I wrap this up, this has been a good message. Has it been cool? All right, bet. You know, I have this friend, D. And, uh, you know, I actually witnessed a, a really close friend of mine uh, walk through this, kind of like not get embarrassed to hope. Uh, his, his sister, who 
earlier in the summer was actually diagnosed with, with, with breast cancer. And I just watched him uh, as a friend and as, as a, a, a nearby him and, and him and his wife journey through this. And I remember him always telling me, and he would even call me just like, Omar, she's going to get better. Omar, it's going to turn around. Like I, like I literally believe God said, uh, it's gonna, we're gonna, it's going to turn around for, for our good. And, and, and even as her health was getting worse and, and, and it, was, it was just progressing and spreading, uh, unfortunately, she would pass away. But the great news is, is she gave her life to Jesus uh, about two weeks earlier. Praise God for that. So when we really step back, it's like, no, she's fully healed and she's in heaven. Amen. But I, I saw Dean not get embarrassed about all the times he said she's going to live. And that, that, that challenged me. That challenged me as a, as a follower. Like, how many times when something doesn't pan out the way I wanted it to, do I, do I retreat and, and actually shy? And, I, and I, my, my hope gets weaker. No, but D stood firm, and, and he did what Jesus said, stand firm and you will win life. I would say on the other side of this, he's, he has more perspective. He has more character because of it, and that D is doing a mighty work for Jesus because he puts his faith in Jesus. Amen? Amen. We are to believe that the best is truly yet to come. Faith is, Pastor Javen said this, uh, that faith is uh, believing what God said is truth. And so we believe as Christians that the best is always yet to come. How can you say that if like literally my circumstance, because it's not based on my circumstance. My faith isn't dictated by my circumstance. Greater is he that is in me. God's doing a work in you. And as I wrap with this scripture, it's in Romans 4, chapter 4, verse 18. And it says this, it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations, even when there was no reason for it, unreasonable hope. Sorry, Jay-Z. Uh, Jay-Z has unreasonable doubt, but he kind of, everyone steals from the Bible. I'm just saying, and I see it and I'm like, nah, dog. Quick story as I close. I have this friend of mine. His name is Steve. He's a little, a little bit older than me. Um, he's like 38 or something. He's literally like a brother, an older brother that I, I never had. And we, we talk almost every day. And I so look up to Steve. And he's, a, he's an elder at his church. He's a successful businessman, real estate agent, loves his family, leads his family so well. And literally, it's just incredible to see uh, or be in relationship with somebody like that. Hack, by the way, one of my favorite things about the local church is it'll connect you to people outside of your season or that have gone through something you've been through and then you don't have to go through it anymore because they're like, hey, don't go there. Another reason why you should share your faith, amen. But Steve would tell me, this is back in January, and, and Steve has been a, a friend who has challenged me more than ever before to literally, to really listen to the Holy Spirit. That you can get, you can get, a, you can get a word from God before you move, before you make a decision, hear from God. So every time I ask him, like, yo, what do you think? This is a good idea. He's like, have you heard of God on it? Like, we, oftentimes we'll make a move without even hearing God on it just because it sounds like a good idea or, or it's practical. But Steve told me in January that, you know, he felt literally the Holy Spirit call him to run for mayor of, Dal of Fort Worth. No, no political background. No, no, never has done this before. Doesn't really have the relationships. But he got a word. And so he's like, dude, Omar, I'm, I'm running for mayor. I'm like, bro, what are, you, what, what, what are we even talking about? Just keep selling homes, Steve. Just do you, Steve. <laughs> and, and through prayer and, and, and all this stuff, he, he goes to the Capitol. 
in January, puts his name on the ballot. He comes outside of the Capitol, and his church is waiting for him, and then they, they pray for him. And it was like this awesome thing that has happened. But when you put for, to run a race, you actually have to run this race. And so Hope, you know, uh, so, so Steve uh, put money, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this campaign, literally a 100-day race and run that, like, every day he has to speak to either two people at some times and then drive to another meeting, and maybe there's 30 people there. Sometimes it's one-on-one, and, he, and, he, and he's sharing the vision he has for Fort Worth. And I want to encourage you as Christians in here, maybe you're called to politics. I'm here to tell you to go and run your race. We need more Christians in politics. Amen. But he would run this race, and sure enough, voting would take place. And, uh, you know, he got fourth place, which someone for, like, no political background is actually pretty impressive. But, like, in it, you're like, oh, my goodness, you're actually going to win. <laughs> like, we're gonna, you're going to take over the city of Fort Worth. This is crazy. But he didn't win. And a lot of people actually said that, like, hey, man, it was worth a shot. A good job on, you know, too bad you lost. And I love Steve because he would say, I didn't lose. Because you never lose when you obey God. Our job is to obey God, and then we trust him with the outcome. I don't care if my hope doesn't lead to a win. I just care that my hope will help me stand firm, and I will win at life. And so I want to encourage you, if you leave with anything today, it is this, to hope again. That we have this forever hope when we have this forever faith. And that although you may have gotten disappointed, I'm here to tell you that the path of the righteous is brighter and brighter. We believe the best days are ahead of us and not behind us. We're not trying to live a life void of faith and hope. We're not trying to graduate from faith and hope. We're supposed to stay in it. God's intending us to last. And that he wants us to experience the, the longevity of this walk and this beautiful walk with Jesus before we actually meet him in heaven. Repeat after me, say forever faith. And so I'll look foolish to hope. I'll look foolish to believe the best, even when it doesn't make sense. Just as Abraham, when there was no reason for it, I'm going to still hope. I believe we should hope with a, with a face. Fizz, as the, the people in San Francisco would say, fizz face. I, I get the young crowd. But we are to hope again, and this hope should not put us to shame. I really feel that for somebody uh, here today. Maybe you're uh, watching online or you're even overflow. You're in this place and you would say, Omar, no, that's me. I've, I've been embarrassed to hope. I, I used to get my hopes up. I, I used to believe for the best. But because of disappointment and embarrassment, you know, it's kind of, it's been, it's a little bit been tough to do it again. And I'm here to tell you that your hope is an eternal deposit and it's a hope that doesn't put us to shame. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and bow your heads with me. I want to pray for that group. If you're in this place and, and you would say that's, that's me, Omar. I, I, I feel like I've lost hope. I feel like uh, my, my hope has shriveled. I want to pray for you. God, I just thank you that there is a forever faith and this forever hope that we are to experience. I pray that if we've ever been disappointed or, or, or embarrassed to hope, God, or believe for you to do a work in our lives, God, I pray right now that that would be washed away and that we would look to you, that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith, and that we can always hope for this will last forever, faith, hope, and love. In Jesus' name, amen.